What's up, Cal family? It's 8.43 a.m. I had to let my voice warm up a little bit, but we out here. That game last night, Cal versus USC, it ended late. I was like, dang, I could do something now or I could go to bed because it's not going to go up till the morning anyway, so you're getting it now. I'm going to just start with what I tweeted, and then I'm going to just say everything else from there. I don't know. I tweeted, in fact, let me go before that. I sent a text to uh, the homie Jeremy, fiance, when we were up like eight or nine early. And then I saw LeBron was there. And I was like, if we win this game, I think it starts a whole new something. But that was early. When the game was in overtime, I knew something different had happened. And when we won, I tweeted, this was officially the turning point for the program. Now let me clarify what turning point means. I'm not saying we're gonna compete for a national championship right away. I'm not even saying Pac-10 tournament, pack whatever we're in next year, the ACC champs next year, it's even more of a stretch, but I'm saying there's really only three types of basketball programs in, in college basketball. Teams that just nobody cares about, that are losing, that are not talked about, that maybe sometimes they used to be a good school, and you're like, oh, dang, like, I don't know, we're going to join the ACC. I remember a time when I, like, I always heard about Wake Forest. Now, I don't know, if they're on TV, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Tim Duncan, Chris Paul. Like, I think, I don't know, maybe Chris Paul's Georgia Tech, I don't know. Uh, Cal has been in that space. Now there's another space that's like, I guess we call those the blue bloods where they're just always good. Uh, and I give like eight to 10 teams that, and mostly that's because the coaches are just next level coaches. Um, and then they do end up finding these programs, Duke, Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Yukon, yada, yada. Uh, but Cal before was the nobody cares version. And now we've tipped into this other ground, which is, I would call it where it used to be, where I played at Cal. Where it's like, okay, this team is not necessarily considered a national championship team every year. They might be ranked. They're gonna go to the tourney. See us in the second round, my brother. The type of team where you get the recruits that, out of high school, that matter. And let me double down on, let me, let me double down on that. All this transfer portal stuff is cool right now. But that's because it's right now. There was COVID, there's a lot of, there's guys, I got to keep saying it, Dawes is 25. <laughs> I've been playing four years professionally by that point. That's no knock. It's just we're in a different world right now. But the first team, first program to start really building for high school recruiting again is set up for the future. Last night's game did a lot of that. I mean, the transfer, transfer portal is going to be popping. But last night's game did a lot of that. That was a sellout game. When I did the video about Stanford, and if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. I think it's top-notch. When I did the video about Stanford, I, I was talking about it, you know, they had the shirts that say gold out. 
And I was like, man, I hope it's sold out. Uh, according to Bill Walton last night, that game got about 8,000, which to my knowledge is a sellout <laughs> uh, if we're looking at the last few years. But I guess last night's game was actually sold out. I don't know if I said this on a podcast, but I'm pretty sure I have. On my recruiting trip, uh, I was waiting in the gym, and there's a women's volleyball player there. You know, she must have been a freshman because when I got to Cal, she was a sophomore. I forget her name now. Uh, and the coaches had to go do something. Like, we'll be right back. Just wait here. So we're talking, me and this volleyball player. And she's like, are you thinking about coming? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, you know, it's like, this is like one of the coolest arenas. And I was like, okay, tell me why. Mind you, I just come from Oregon where I saw their old, uh, I forget what they called the old gym. Maybe it's called the old gym. But it was very like creaky and old, but also super dope because of it. Like it almost was like Wrigley Field was a, a basketball gym. So I'm like, what makes this special? And the woman says, well, you see those benches. And she poured it, she pointed towards the, Southern basket, like all the way at the top because the wall protrudes out in like these columns. So it breaks up the bench, like the seating. And there's one bench that's really small. Maybe only two or three people can sit on it. And she said, when Cal is popping, people are fighting for that seat. Last night I was looking up there and I couldn't tell if people were fighting because on TV. Couldn't tell if it was even that full up there. When I saw standing room, what looked like standing room only up there, I was like, jackpot. Jackpot. We haven't had that. And before, I mean, I know this is a friendly audience, but let's pretend this is on ESPN. A lot of people would say, well, duh, huh? that's just because Bronny James was there. LeBron James was there. Uh, true. I mean, I don't know if anyone knew LeBron was going to show up to this game. I didn't even think about it once. Uh, I would actually bet if people knew LeBron was showing up to this game, students wouldn't have been able to get a ticket. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Bro, so many people would have, like, changed their Super Bowl plans to, like, get this random game in Berkeley and then fly to Las Vegas. So I'm saying that to say... Bronny James is really the draw if we're going to be a hater about it in terms of you knew he was going to play. So I have time to get a ticket. But I went to Cal at USC. They barely had a third of the gym full. People in L.A. don't care about seeing Bronny James. I don't think people in Berkeley care about seeing him more. And I'm not going to pretend that wasn't a catalyst, but the real catalyst to me is all of this. The team doing well. Madsen being out in the streets. The athletic department uh, 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 stepping up their social game. Jalen Brown retweeting me. I, that's all counts because I don't know the last time he, he retweeted just like another Cal basketball player that wasn't on the, like currently in the room. All these things are happening at once. Feel the flow. Uh, that was supposed to be in the voice of uh, the dude from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Take in the good energy, block the bad. In good, block bad. Feel the flow. Um, 
So yeah, I guess this is all preamble. Like I haven't talked about the game once. Almost don't want to. Why? I like feelings. It's you guys who want the technical mumbo jumbo. What about the feels, baby? But anyways, let's look at the game a little bit. Now LeBron was there, and my first thought was, damn, we're the same age. We're both 39. He's watching his son play in the gym I played in. And further, like, Bronny's 19 or 20. Which again, I was a junior at 19 or 20. 19. I started my junior year at 19. That's what's wild. LeBron James, we're the same age. We're basically watching his son, who's my age, play at Cap. Unreal. Uh... He also has way more gray hair than me. I know this is random, but he just does. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I got to say, if you've been listening to me, you know I talk about the, the game announcers, the color commentary. I gotta, I, it's the first time Bill Walton has done a game that I've watched front to back. I got to give it to him. I got to give it to him. He's better. He's better than all the other guys. I mean, Don McLean, who I think is the best technically, is also just not as entertaining because of it. You got to keep it 100. Bill Walton, I mean, it, it helps that he loves the city of Berkeley, is the only announcer I've seen actually hype up what Berkeley is, what it could be, what it means to him at least. Like, I don't feel the Grateful Dead presence of Berkeley, but what does that matter? He has, he has his own Berkeley. He has ownership over it, so he loves it. In my opinion, that's why anybody loves anything. If you're listening to this and you love Cal, it's not for the exact same reasons I do. But the bond is that we've been there and we know what it is. And Bill Walton's the first guy to tap into that. But that's not why I say he's good. He also understands basketball. And he could go in on some of these points. I hear him talking, and, he, and he'll just stop and be like, you just, you just got to shoot it, big man, or however his voice goes. And I'm like, you know what? That is the simplest way to say that. <laughs> I could spend 30 minutes explaining what happened there. And he's just, you just, you know, you know, he's just got to shoot that. You know what, Bill? You're right. I led with Bill because I wanted to tell you guys a story. Um, since some of you guys are now into the book and whatnot, or, and especially from the audio book, there's a lot of this. But when I was at Cal, we were going down to play USC in LA. This was my freshman year. Maybe my sophomore year. It was my sophomore year. What I remember is that this is early days Southwest, right? So. You could get a, a priority boarding ticket to get on the plane early uh, before everybody else. Because that's when, like, like, that's when people were just people, you know? Capitalism hadn't just turned all tall people into broke or, like, overspending just to survive. But sure. If you were tall, they'd give you a thing. My other teammates hadn't, like, really picked up on this yet. I don't know why. I was just one of these people who, like, immediately tried to figure out how to better a system. So I went and got my red tag and sat down. I know the rules of the red tag, at least back then. I, they don't have them anymore. You got on after like people with wheelchairs, uh, families, et cetera, got on first. But they were only allowed to sit in the front. They could not go to the exit row. So when I got on the plane with my red tag, 
and saw a tiny Asian woman sitting in my seat. Now, mind you, when I say my seat, if you've ever flown Southwest, you know what my seat is. You've sat in my seat. You've watched me walk past you, scowling while you pretended not to notice, oh, man, that might be the guy who needs uh, this seat. And you rationalize, like, well, you should fly another, you should have bought a, you should have, it's just hard being tall. I got to think about that with everything I do. But in this case, I did think about it, and I got there. This tiny Asian woman sitting in the seat. Now, mind you, I'm like 18. I don't really know what's going on. So I go up to her, and I'm like, hey. Uh, now, she's not sitting in the seat. She's sitting in the seat next to the seat. And I just start to go sit in it. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm saving that. Now, that's against the rules. And also, tiny Asian lady, if you just got on the plane, you should be in the front. What are we talking about? I'm like, saving it for who? Then I hear, me. <laughs> that's such a bad impression. Me. I turn around and Bill Walton's standing right behind me. And he's like, I guess at that age also, I hadn't been around someone that size at that age, and like who was also old. And it was just like, I turned around and like looked straight up. Like he's, he's got like three inches on me. Me. And I was just like, oh, damn. He took the seat and I smashed my legs into a <laughs> some other middle seat. Uh, and that's the only time I've ever met Bill Walton. <laughs> so we are clear. Hope you enjoyed that. Oh, man. Whew. Let's think about this game a little bit for a minute. I wrote no notes. I don't have it on the screen. And this is on purpose. Because I do want to feel it a little bit more. And, like I said, I'm coming to the UCLA game. And I'll probably do a video breakdown after that. We'll get real X and O-E with it. Sure. I've been saying that Cal has this, I don't know what happens right before the game. Maybe like on the way up the locker room, Madsen like sack taps everybody and like, well, gets mad and then just run out and however they play, they play. Because we come out crazy energetic. And lately we've been harnessing it to, so it's not like a bad version. But still, like, like I've said before, energy can go either way. It's why every announcer makes a point to say like, they were down 20 to Colorado when they came back. They were down. Like, okay, bro. Like, there's further analysis, but sure. But I say that because last night's game, we got up like 15 or something, and then in the second half, it started to dwindle. But there is, there is something I've been noticing in the games that I've kind of been reluctant to say because I wanted to make sure. Because you don't want to put this type of stuff out there, but... Even though this is small, it's small potatoes to me. I just don't like talking about this stuff. When we are down a lot or we are up a lot, our guys stop playing basketball. I don't even mean like the other team locks in defensively. It's like there's a play last night on a fast break in the second half. Uh, man, I'm blanking on the, the, the freshman uh, guy's name with the braids. Um, Jesus Christ, Rodney. So many names in my head. He's on a fast break, and Dawes runs, is on the fast break also. And if you remember my last thing, I'm like, Dawes has been running the floor. Dawes has been running the floor. Dawes is so wide open underneath the basket. And Rodney pulls a three. Rodney doesn't pass it, so this guy closes out on him. Now, now it's a five on five, and he does like a crossover step back three. 
And it's like, I get it, my, my guy, you got to try it at some point. The problem is, it's kind of like everybody makes a choice like that when the going gets good or when the going gets really bad. I actually understand the really bad one more. It's like, well, whatever, it's not working. Let's, but it's, it's weird when it's working because it does stagnate us. Now, mind you, as I've said in the past, a lot of this can be attributed, in my opinion, to the fact that now we're winning games. Like, learning how to win is just as important as learning, like, the skills to win. Actually, winning now takes beyond, like, I know the X's and O's, I know our game plan. It's that, it's that thing no one can tell you, like, ah, not my time. It sucks if you're the guy whose time it isn't. Because what doesn't suck is winning games like that. And I really think, to my, uh, you know, to my eye so far, that's the only reason we give up these leads. Just literally selfish offense for the sake of like everyone running a heat check when we, when we get up. Another thing really stood out to me last night and I mentioned this during the Ole Miss game, and there's some little back and forth on Twitter about this, but Dawes missed so many layups. And someone on Twitter's like, well, the USC big men like, are in his head with their athleticism. To which I said, yeah, of course. I mean, I've seen that all year. That's why I brought up Ole Miss, that seven-foot whatever guy was – all up in Dawes cookies. But that's not what it, really what it seemed like yesterday. He like was just, now this can happen. Of course, someone, it's happened to me. Plagan's a big dude who blocks your shot. Next time you come down, you do a pump fake, he blocks your shot, something like that. Now you're scrambling like he could be anywhere. But there were so many plays where there wasn't someone around who could even block his shot. And he was rushing, he was falling away. It just didn't feel like he had balance. And Bill Walton kept talking about, like, he's got to be gas. And I'm like, why? One thing I really always found fascinating about once I became a pro was the fact that when I was in college, I played with Brian Weathers. Brian Weathers... We used to call him Old Man Weathers. Oh, man, Brian Weathers, you know, his knees, like, oh, this and that. And it's like, he's also, when I became a pro, it's like, Brian Weathers was 22. Let's not get it twisted. It's not some old man. <laughs> the way Bill Walton was like, well, he does, he might not have the legs for it. He's 25. Like, what? At 25, you got the, you're entering having the legs to play an NBA season, <laughs> which is way more taxing. So I actually don't get it. I mean, I guess maybe those guys were in his head. Maybe it's just an off day. Maybe the ball was weird. I've had games where the ball, like, I had a specific type of ball I like to play with, a certain tackiness, and if it was a brand-new ball, I might have a bad game. I then might start rushing. I don't know. It just looked rushed. It wasn't gathered. Uh, and there's some, like, and then you watch Stanford, and it's like every single movie made was like boop-doop, boop-doop, like so calculated. Again, those guys aren't as athletic. I'll just say this. 
Maybe he was gassed. If he was, I love it because he kept running the floor hard as hell. And I'm going to double down then. They got to get him the ball when he was running. If you're going to gas your big man having him sprint the floor, get him the goddamn ball. I'm really yelling at nobody because they do try really hard to get him the ball. And I think part of their turnover, when their turn turnovers go down, it's when they're not trying to get him the ball, unfortunately. Because post-passing is a skill that not a lot of kids are developing these days. Why? When there's no big men. <laughs> uh, straight up. So I do get that. My other note was... And this isn't about our team, I guess. Bronny James, when I watched him play in L.A., I think Collier was out, was, to me, the most talented, like, raw, talented player on the floor. Last night, that was clearly Collier, and Bronny James just didn't do anything. Like, if he was a draw, it was just for celebrity purposes only. I get why his rating at a high school is lower, because he defers a lot. But the man he was deferring to, Collier, just showed everybody what, like, next-level talent looks like with bad coaching. And Cal showed what great, I'm going to say it, our coaching lately has felt like it's reached a very good to great level with very good talent. Whew. Tug of war, huh? <laughs> Came out. It's hard because our, our issue... One of our issues all year has been transition defense. And if you notice at the end of the game, and I used to do this as a pro all the time, they emptied the free throw uh, box, meaning, great, we're gonna, we don't care about getting this rebound. We need to make sure everyone's back because this guy's going to bring a head of steam. There's a reason that kid's going to go really high in the draft colliers because someone who can put that much pressure in transition is pretty much unstoppable. What I'm hoping is that he didn't give the blueprint to like some other school Although, they don't have the horses. <laughs> There's not a lot of Collier speed, talent level guys out there. All that to say, this is a long setup. Tyson's better. Tyson is the best college basketball player I've seen this year. Now, that's hard to quantify because I do believe if he was on Arizona, he'd probably be averaging like 11 to 14 just because of the nature of that team. So Arizona's probably stacked with a few lottery pick-level guys that we can say can match up. Maybe. Maybe. We'd have to see in the workouts. Jalen Tyson is an All-American. The only, if, if we, like, we want, we, so we've had those five or six, seven games in a row that were all, like, overtime, one-possession games. If we had won five of them, Let's say five out of seven. So we went five and two instead of like one and, one and six. So we've, we'd be like 14 and eight right now and in the middle of the conference. I guarantee they'd be talking about Jalen Tyson as a potential All-American candidate. As it stands, because Pac-12 play is supposed to be neutral, we are at 500. We finish upper half of the table. He better win Pac-10 Player of the Year, Pac-12 Player of the Year. He better. He reminded me last night. I keep saying what he reminds me of. 
because he keeps showing me more. When all I saw was this BS scrimmage, I thought he was Marquise Cately. Oh, look at this guy, he's athletic. When I saw him really play, I'm like, man, he's like Joe Shipp. Now I gotta leave Cal to go for a comparison. Love to stay at Cal, but he is not like any other Cal player I've seen. He reminds me of Brandon Roy. Now I know he's not a point guard like that, but he handles the ball quite a bit. Comes off pick and roll quite a bit. There was a play in the second half. You know, I think USC just cut it to one and we hadn't really had an answer in a long time. And then Jalen Tyson just ran the pick and roll, got the switch on the big man. Eyeballed him down and hit a three ball right in his face. And that's when the Brandon Roy comparison sat in for me because I was like, when, when we were in school, I was already like, by my junior year, considered like defensively very fast and top tier. Uh, and I would say Devon Harden was also fast, but was like younger, so learning. So Coach Braun felt comfortable putting in a high switch on the pick and roll. Before then, we didn't do that. Solomon, Solomon Hughes didn't do that. Jamal Sampson didn't do that. Uh, Amit Tamir definitely didn't do that. And I had been switching all these guards and being like, ooh, man, guards, aren't, guards ain't S-H-I-T. They ain't what I think they are. We go up to Washington. I take that plucky attitude with me. Bruh, we weren't a team of adjustments. <laughs> Brandon Roy might have had like 35. And nine were on pick and rolls where he then dribbled me back out to like 25 feet and just shot a three ball right in my face. In Seattle. Bunch of white kids and a, and a dog mascot screaming at my face for being so dumb to think I could guard Brandon Roy. And I could see it in that young USC man's eyes last night. Trying to guard Jalen Tyson the same way. I don't know where to project him. He kind of reminds me, like, I don't know. I don't know where to project him. He's good at basketball. He's as good of a cow player as we've had in a long time. A long, long time. God, that's exciting. Man, this one's running on a little long, and I am going to do UCLA uh, in a few days, so... No worries there. Like I said, I wanted this to be more about the feels. But I'm coming up to UCLA once again. I'll be there. Say your piece. Say hi. Tell someone to read my book. God damn it. <laughs> uh, not because hubris, just because uh, broke reasons. <laughs> you take a year and a half to do something and you're like, dang, now I got to tell people that I did it. Because it's actually like how I'm supposed to eat. Anyways. Uh, if you're on threads, I do threads more than Twitter. I got on Twitter yesterday because I was feeling the flow. But threads is the future to me. Uh, and I would love to interact with you all there. Uh, handle is at Z-S-O-S-S-R-I-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S